You're listening to the More and Better Disciples podcast, a resource to equip the church to make more and better disciples for Jesus Christ. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the More and Better Disciples podcast. I'm your host, Keith Caps, here with Phil Kramer, lead pastor of Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. How's it going, Phil? Keith, I'm having a blessed day. I'm not sure what to do with all this sunshine this week. I know. It is it is incredible. I think we should have recorded this outside. Yes. And what was the word on the news the other day? We've gotten so much rain in central Arkansas now that if we didn't get another drop of rain until September 1st, we would still meet our average. Yeah, that is incredible. And uh I think we're going to start building an arc in the back. Uh, Do it. Hey, a very special episode of the podcast today because we have a special guest with us, and that is Pastor Josh Tompkins, next-gen pastor here at Crossgate. How's it going, Josh? It's always good to be here, Mr. Keith. Yes, it is great to have you back. And uh, speaking of having you back, on the last podcast, um, I think we told our our listeners that we were going to have you call the hogs as a oh. new Arkansan. So, look out! Are, are you ready to do that? I think I think uh, if I'm basing it off of your teaching, I think I got it down. Okay, you ready? Yeah, Pastor Phil, you ready? I'm good, brother. We're, we're going to do it. I'll we're let you guys take it Three, this out. Two, one. Wee wee wee. That's, is that is that is that what I thought? What, that was that, is that <laughs> <laughs> that was um, that was special? I still got work. I still got work. You still got some okay. work to do. Got, so um, uh, maybe some of our listeners will pull you to the side. I think and, I and once once I get to a game, I think th- that's what'll do it. All right. So uh, maybe they'll actually take you to a game and teach you how to call the hogs. <laughs> hey, we're so glad that you're here with us today as we continue to discuss making more and better disciples of the next generation, and today specifically about the role of technology uh, when it comes to that. So I'm curious, uh, Pastor Phil and Pastor Josh, what is a meaningful memory of yours involving technology? Honestly, uh, I bought a new iPhone when we went to the beach several years ago. This is probably 10 years ago now. And I actually got one that was a decent size. You know, I can't remember what the earliest number was where the thing was so small, but it was one of the first times they actually started to make them kind of big. And I had to get a new one at the beach, and I bought it, and then I sat out in my little cabana chair almost all day just goofing off on this new phone because it was so big. And it was just, (laughs) I would call it a guilty pleasure because it served absolutely no constructive value in my life whatsoever, but it's just something I remember. Hey, that's awesome. Now, if I wanted to date myself, I would tell you I remember the time I got my first gateway computer back in 1996, and the big cardboard box showed up with black and white splotches, but (laughs) I don't want to date myself, so I won't tell you that story. No, I remember the gateway, the the cow box, for sure. I remember that. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I was going to say, two stick out for me. I mean, so one was getting the original Nintendo Entertainment Center. Ooh. Uh, It was from my grandmother, and opening up and playing Mario, like Christmas Day, so still like top 10 Christmas mornings. Mm. And the other one that really stood out is I I waited a really long time to get a smartphone to the point where I would have other youth pastors, you know, they would try sending me videos and pictures and I could never see them. So I was always missing out. And I remember going to youth pastor meetings or going to camp meetings and getting relentlessly teased uh, about my lack of a smartphone. And so when I finally caved in, got an iPhone, uh, I got like standing ovation from all my youth pastor buddies, uh, just mocking me that I'd finally come to the uh, to the times. Yeah, and speaking of which, I think you still have that original iPhone. Yeah, it's right? got my <laughs> iPhone five. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Hey, speaking of phones, I remember as a teenager getting a corded phone. 
in my bedroom and even having my own phone number. Um, so that was, that was a big deal. And then I, uh, when I, I think when I was 16, I earned enough money to buy my first cell phone and that was a Nokia, uh, candy yes. bar phone yes. with, uh, the best game ever on a phone snake. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, some, some good memories there with technology. Um, obviously technology plays a big part in our lives and in that of the next generation. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, so Phil, First questions for you. When it comes to technology, there's a lot of opinions out there, right? I've heard some people say technology's the devil, right? And then you have others that fully embrace and celebrate technology in every form. So as followers of Jesus, as the church, what should our stance be when we're approaching technology? Is it a blessing or a curse or can it be both? Well, it can be either, really. Technology is just a vehicle. And I guess an illustration would be, is a car a good thing or a bad thing? Right? I mean, it totally depends on who's behind the wheel, uh, totally depends on how it's being used. And, uh, so, and we can talk a little more about that later in the podcast, about some of the ways we can unpack that illustration. But the bottom line is it's, it's just a vehicle. I mean, it's, it's a neutral thing, generally speaking. And at the end of the day, it's what you do with it and how it's, how it's utilized. Yeah, absolutely. So it is, like you said, a vehicle or a tool depends on how it's used. And so um, great message yesterday on technology. You made a lot of great points. And one of the points that you made was that it's when it comes to technology, it's really the content that's being presented uh, that really matters, right? So uh, there's a lot of content out there, obviously, but for Christ followers, for believers, um, some of that content is questionable, if not just flat out dangerous. Um, so where do you think that's coming from, and where do we draw the line of what's acceptable when it comes to the content that we're consuming? Well, ultimately, negative and, and evil content comes from the evil one, right? I mean, think about the book of Ephesians where it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers, and, and, and darkness in high places. So at the end of the day, I mean, yes, we understand that there's wicked content out there. It's just like Psalm 1 says. We don't want to be in the pathway of any of that stuff, right? So think about those four categories we shared yesterday. I think you have to have some objective criteria for determining whether something's good or bad. You can't just uh, you know, shoot from the hip and, and be completely subjective about every, every judgment that you make. A theological error, we believe there are some basic fundamentals of the faith uh, that, that we should all agree upon, right? And, and certainly if, if there's any content that takes us away from the, the fundamentals of the faith, then by all means, it's, it's coming from the, the evil one. Uh, at the same time, I'm, I personally don't see myself as this online theological uh, ninja warrior who, who wants to get in a fight on every little detail, right? A lot of the secondary issues, and it's funny how, how so freely uh, when it comes to so- social media and online debates, people throw around the words false teaching or, or heresies or so forth. I mean, they're just, they, they want to, anything they disagree with, they call a false teaching or, or they, they call somebody a false teacher if they're, if they're saying anything that disagrees with what they say. So I don't want to go down that road either. But at the same time, we should certainly be discerning of theological error. There's moral darkness. Uh, at the end of the day, anything, any content that is either trying to normalize or glamorize what God calls sin and, and moral, uh, moral darkness, by all means, I mean, we're going to bracket that out, and we don't, we don't want that. Material obsession. Uh, again, it's never been easier to look at a screen and, uh, and, and be absolutely blown away by what other people own or what other people uh, have or what they're driving or where they're going on vacation or, or what they're wearing. 
Uh, and so we got to be careful about that as well, that, uh, that our eyes don't become part of that. You know, you think about the book of Proverbs, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head, you know, I think it's either Proverbs 23 or 22 where it says, you know, if you sit down uh, to eat at a rich person's house, put a knife to your throat. If, if you're given over to being tempted by all of the nice things that they have, that's my paraphrase, of course. Uh, emotional chaos, right? I mean, is, is, is the technology uh, allowing us to love our neighbor well? And some of the things we talked about yesterday, cyberbullying, gossiping, other things where, where it's being utilized in a negative way to tear people down, well, clearly that's something we need to get away from. But I just I think as we equip the next generation and we also train and retrain ourselves, we've got to have some criteria for how we determine what's good and what's bad. What's the chicken and what's the bones? Yeah, eat that chicken, preferably the Christian chicken. Uh, yeah, Chick-fil-A. No bones at Chick-fil-A. That's right. Throw out the bones. Thank you so much for that. Um, definitely want to be discerning when it comes to that content. So, Pastor Josh, you know, you are a next-gen pastor. You've worked with students for a really long time, and you've done a lot with technology. Obviously, technology is a big part of all of our lives, but particularly for the next generation, how is the role of technology maybe a little different than previous generations, and why is that important to consider? Yeah, and great question. And when I think about it, I think, first of all, the accessibility of not just technology, but information is greater than what we've seen, in, in, especially in prior generations. So the instant access that they have is the second one, where you know it used to be if you wanted to find out anything, you, you might have to wait and go to Google. But in order to do that, you had to log on and, and hear that terrible sound. Ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it took even a degree of patience or even going further than that. If you wanted to learn about something that's going to the library, check on a book or only going to specific places to access the Internet, where now everything is instant and readily accessible. So anything that you're thinking that you want to buy, that you want to look at, that you want information on, um, even to know where your friends or your family at is all instant access um, information just ready at your fingertips. But the last thing, and I think the deeper one is in prior generation, there was a gap between our identity and the technology that was there. And I believe in this generation is where you've really see it, you've seen it merge where the, the phone, the technology is not thought of as something separate from somebody in Gen Z. It is seen as this is a part of who I am. Like if you, if you were to remove the device um, you would see instant anxiety, heightened depression. Um, you would see a lot of things because the teenager or the person like in the Gen Z category um, doesn't now have access to something that they've always had access to. And I think you and I were talking about this earlier, Keith, is that this is, this is the first generation that is really, they've always known this. Like to them, they've always had internet. They've always had instant access. They've always had this level of tech, and so when it's removed from them, you see um, you see a lot of consequences. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense, especially when you consider that a lot of their relationships are very digital, right? right? That um, a lot of their, like you said, access to information and where they go to get information is there. Um, so I can see how if, you know it does kind of become a part of you. Um, Man, that's that's a great point. You know, one of the other things that uh, Pastor Phil mentioned in uh, the message yesterday was the role of artificial intelligence um, and the fact that, you know, technology is becoming intelligent and can 
you know, almost reason and think, um, you know, similar to the way that humans can. You know, we used to, I think our generation understood this phrase, seeing is believing. Um, but I don't know if that's necessarily even the case anymore uh, when it comes to the advancement of technology. Would you say that's true? I would say for Generation Z, like for our generation, the internet explosion was our, our big tackle. And AI is going to be the big tackle for Generation Z because it is, it is essentially very new technology. It is developing and it's going to revolutionize a lot of things. And so certainly, yeah, we're getting to a point where I believe there's a lot of gullibility um, in what people are viewing when they're looking at TikTok, when they're looking at Snapchat, when they're using AI and they're saying, hey, write me a paper uh, on this particular president in like 1,500 words, and it spews out all this information, people aren't fact-checking that. They're not even looking if the dates are right. They're just saying like, well, it's legible and it looks professional, therefore it must be true. And they're turning that in as if it were their own. And so there, there's a level of just trying to pull that back and ask like, are we really looking at what's real and what's not? Are we actually researching for ourselves? Are we trying to pass the buck to AI? Um, but they're certainly gonna get to a point where, you know, pictures, videos uh, are gonna be AI driven. And so was that real or was that fake? And we we're probably gonna get to a point where we don't know. Yeah, I remember, you know, maybe a year or so ago, Pastor Phil, you might remember this. Um, there was an ad that was running around of uh, Queen Elizabeth, and she's sitting at her desk like she's addressing the nation. And all of a sudden, she jumps up on the desk and starts doing this wild dance. Um, and it looked real, but it was absolutely a deep fake computer generated ad. I mean, I think you mentioned, you know, maybe some uh, musicians here recently that... Yeah, two weeks ago, Drake and The Weeknd. So just this weekend on Saturday, as I was preparing for the message, I seriously was tempted to get onto one of these uh, websites or apps that help you to make a deep fake video in like 10 minutes. And I was going to make a deep fake video of Pastor Rob denouncing the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> and saying how sorry the Dallas Cowboys were. They're trash. He's finally done with them. And just to let people know how, you know, how easy it is to uh, create a deep fake. Wow. So I, what I would, what that made me think of, and what I think will be very interesting is what that will have to balance out now with, with what AI does is you're going to have to start balancing out. Does that match up with the character of the person that I know? And I think that's, what's going to be able to spot like, well, that can't be real because that doesn't necessarily go with that character. So I think if anything else, our character as an AI generates more and more and more is going to be that much more important. If we truly are men and women of integrity, of biblical character and conviction, then even if a deep fake of us is out there, like people would balance that with, well, that doesn't match up. Like something's off here and it would cause them to research that a bit more. Wow. Um, so that just really brings to life the question, what is truth, right? Mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to the digital universe. Um, definitely some, um, some things to consider there. Um, you know, guys, it, it's pretty clear that technology is not going away anytime soon. In fact, like we said, it's only continuing to advance. So for those that are listening that are parents, grandparents, or those who just care about the next generation, 
what can we do to help the next generation navigate all of this advancing technology? Should we try to protect them from it? Should we try to police it or just pray that they make wise choices and that they're okay? So a couple things on that. One is, as we said yesterday in the message, it's important for parents to do their homework and then set some reasonable limits. You've got to set some kind of limits. You know, Josh Straub, my friend who put out the screen balance test that we hung on our website and referenced yesterday, he uses the illustration often where he says in 1908, the Model T Ford was the first automobile to be mass produced. But it wasn't until 1949 that standard disc brakes were introduced. So you have cars driving around, not to say that they did not have brakes, but there was not a real standardized form of braking. Uh, and then only later, 1959, 10 years later, uh, three-point seatbelts were added, right? And I mean, how many people rode around without seatbelts? I remember as a kid, I had my mother's right arm was probably my only seatbelt <laughs> right. you know, until I was probably 12 years old. Uh, so it's, just, it's interesting how, how oftentimes the technology outpaces some of the, some of the safeguards, right? And so even now, I mean, technology, the train has left the station. And just now we are getting around to talking about, in many cases, just, okay, so what are some of the, some of the safety standards to put in place, right? So that's, I think that's pretty, pretty important uh, in, terms of, in terms of the technology as well as the next generation. Yeah, and as you described the situation with the vehicles, I felt like you were describing half of Arkansas. So yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> no brakes and no seatbelts. That's right. right. <laughs> Josh, what about you? What can parents, grandparents, uh, other people do? So when I talk to students and parents about this, I said I always compare it to having like a handgun or some type of rifle in the house. Like you would never, as a parent, hand a, a kindergartner a loaded nine millimeter handgun, hand it to him and just be like, okay, I hope you do all right. You would recognize that as a potentially deadly weapon that if mishandled could not only harm your child, but harm you. And I take smart devices and the internet and I put it in the same category where you cannot just hand them this and assume everything will work out for the better. So absolutely, yes, just like you would a handgun in the home, you set up things to protect your child from harm. And so there, there's tons of resources out there on um, you know, pornography blockers, filters, um, creating, you know, there's apps, like for instance, I use Bark uh, to monitor um, my daughter's phone. And that helps me to like figure out like, okay, if she's adding content, uh, contacts, I see who those are. Um, if, if they have to request to download certain devices, like that's what we use. Um, but there's also like, I can't shelter my daughter completely from the world that's out there. So just like I would with handgun, like I have to train her how to use this and how to use it in a safe way um, that won't harm her or others. Um, but also show her how to utilize it, how to use it. Um, it's the very same thing with the internet and these smart devices. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and, and thank you so much for that. Uh, definitely a lot of great resources out there. Um, and we can, you know, maybe talk more about that on a future podcast. Um, but you know, we don't want to just focus on the dangers of technology, right? Uh, technology is not the devil. It's the, it's the tool. Um, and it can be used for good. So, um, like we said, uh, you know, Pastor Josh and you, Pastor Phil, have been involved in um, reaching the next generation for quite some time. So uh, how are you specifically leveraging technology to make more and better disciples of the next generation, and how can we do the same? Yeah. 
I mean, for me, I have a couple different D groups that I meet with, um, and we utilize the U app, and that helps us just kind of organize out our D group plan. So we'll select out our plan. We're keeping each other accountable, can make notes on it back and forth. That's been a really good tool. Uh, Pastor Phil mentioned, I'm not, I think he's going to mention it more, is that the life, life on mission or the life in, life in six words, um, that there's several gospel training apps that a student can download. And then not to mention, like um, Worshipless and Spotify, podcast like our own, uh, you know, the sermons that you can download, like the, the amount of amazing content that is out there is significant. And so that's a lot of times I point students in those directions, as well as, I mean, um, you still use utilizing Zoom and FaceTime when um, I have students that are sick or out of town and they can um, still be a part of what we're doing. In fact, one of the things that we're starting now in youth is we're creating a kind of a link between our youth group and our missionaries in Vanuatu um, that we're able to kind of incorporate a family that's very near and dear to us, um, but utilizing video and pictures to really just make it feel like they're not that distant. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, Pastor Phil, anything you want to add as far as how technology is helpful for discipling the next generation or maybe things you've done with your family? Well, I think there's just there's so much out there. I'm still learning. I mean, I don't know that anyone has all of the all all of the knowledge in terms of all the good stuff that's out there. But man, I'm always open to new things. Uh, the the Life on Mission app is great. It uses the three circles, uh, life in six words. That's something that I just heard about at the evangelism conference this past January. Pastor Josh uh, heard the pitch on that as well, and it looks great. I just man, it, I mean, there's so much out there. I'm still learning about it myself. So I would encourage parents to continually be in learning mode when it comes to technology. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've I've used it even you know from a distance to do digital D groups, mm -hmm. um, and so I use things like GroupMe and like you mentioned, FaceTime, Zoom to still stay connected even when not physically, uh, you know, right there with somebody. So mm -hmm. uh, definitely can be used as a tool to make more and better disciples for Jesus Christ, which is what we're all about here at Crossgate. So um, we're almost out of time for today, but I just want to say that, man, this has been a great series so far and um, looking forward to continue it. So Pastor Phil, as we wrap up, will you just give us a brief sneak peek of where we're headed next in the series? Yeah, so we got three weeks left. Uh, this Sunday, May 7th, we're going to talk about how Gen Z deals with anxiety, depression, and even suicidal ideation, uh, and, and, and where the hope lies, right? I mean, Josh several times in this podcast mentioned identity. Where Ultimately, for all of us, our hope lies in where we find our identity, and it's certainly not going to be in a device. It's got to be in the Lord. So we're going to talk about that uh, from Lamentations chapter 3. Uh, then the week after that, Mother's Day, the 14th, we're going to talk very specifically and practically on just some ways that we can disciple the next generation, whether they be our children or our students. Uh, we're going to have a special gift for all the mothers in attendance that's a tremendous resource for, uh, for just that thing of, of discipling our children. And then the following Sunday, May 21st, we're going to wrap the whole thing up, and Pastor Josh is going to lead a panel of uh, some of our Gen Z students. So we're gonna hear straight from our students and Pastor Josh is gonna facilitate that. I think that's gonna be tremendous and it may very well be a big eye opener for parents and grandparents alike. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Well, hey, uh, Pastor Josh, thank you so much for your time today. If anybody's listening, they have questions uh, specifically about students, where can they reach you? Yeah, they can reach me at joshua at crossgate.org. 
Awesome. Thanks again. And uh, we'll work on that hog call for next time. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pastor Phil, thanks again. And I'm uh, looking forward to the next time. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to the More and Better Disciples podcast, a ministry of Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. To learn more, join us on our website, crossgate.org.